Welcome to TuneCore's Music Made Me podcast. I'm Amy Lombardi, and I am based in the TuneCore office in Austin, Texas. Today, my conversation is going to be with Justin Johnson of Facebook. It's an incredibly informative discussion that we had, and I learned a lot. So I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you learn a lot, too. Hello, everyone. Welcome to TuneCore's Music Made Me podcast. This is Amy Lombardi, and I'm joined today by Justin Johnson from Facebook. Hi, Justin. Hey, Amy. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. I'm really excited to ask you these dozens of questions I have for you uh, so that our listeners can learn more about how uh, to utilize Facebook. Your title is account manager specializing in music within global marketing solutions team. Right. Will you explain to our listeners what that means? Of course. uh, For those who don't know, and I don't expect many people to know what any of that means, and that's (laughs) okay because that's why I'm here to to answer that. Essentially, what my role in sort of our organization boils down to is that we're the face of Facebook when it comes to having and maintaining relationships with external partners, in in, uh, many cases, advertisers. So those who are deciding to invest uh, their marketing budgets into Facebook, Instagram, and our entire family of apps, we are the face of Facebook that serve as advisors and confidants to ensure that as as an advertiser, you're getting the most out of your investment. And so for me specifically, as you mentioned, I focus specifically on the music industry. Uh, Within that, I've I've touched many of the uh, labels, the bigger labels, major labels, uh, independent labels, artist management companies, digital distribution companies, uh, traditional music partners, etc. But my lens has predominantly been music, but we have different folks um, within North America and throughout the world really focusing on different verticals, be it entertainment, retail, e-commerce, travel, CPG, nonprofit, government, the list goes on, but they essentially uh, form a similar function to mine, just with a different lens and specialty in terms of vertical expertise. And you're a pretty tremendous resource for um, for your your customers or your advertisers because of your experience in helping them how to strategize, how to spend their money. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a very unique opportunity that I get to kind of have a macro lens of the music industry and how marketers and decision makers are thinking about Facebook, Instagram, and our our many other platforms that we have to help announce uh, albums or singles or sell tickets or merchandise or whatever the case may be. Um, For me, music has always been part of my life. And to be able to integrate that in something I do day to day is, is very rewarding and fulfilling and kind of comes full circle uh, being that I am based in Austin, the live music capital of the world. Um, it's very serendipitous, but also very um, fulfilling at the very least to, to think that I get to wake up daily and have this opportunity to work with different partners across the music space to help them uh, do whatever it is that they care most about doing for their artists or, or any of their talent on their roster. And it's so important now to be getting your brand out there and Facebook is and Instagram are obviously two huge platforms that are that are constantly in use so I want to get into my questions yeah absolutely um so I I want to break things down for our audience and uh start with 
why is advertising on Facebook and Instagram important for musicians and growing their career? And I kind of want to ask, I mean, you went over that just a second ago. We kind of mentioned why it's important because of branding. But I want to talk about like the data and the stats that go along with it and, and how they can use information that they get from Facebook or Instagram to kind of go to the next step. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll paint a broad stroke picture to just kind of give you an idea of scale. And I think Facebook and Instagram are uniquely positioned to, to have that uh, scale. So, for example, with respect to Facebook, um, at the uh, as the average in March, at least, we had 1.45 billion daily active users on Facebook. And then in terms of monthly active users, as of March 31st for 2018, we had 2.2 billion. And that's massive. <laughs> It's with a B, billion. Yeah. Right? There's, like, it, it, there's, it's a lot of people is what it boils down to. And then we look at Instagram. All over the world. All over the world. All yeah. over the world. You look at Instagram, and recently we announced that we reached 1 billion monthly active users. That's a lot of people that are both across Facebook and Instagram. And to kind of point your question regarding, like, why is it important, there's a lot of information that can be extracted from the types of engagements and insights that are occurring on the platform if you're an artist and, and running your Instagram profile or running your, your Facebook business page for your band or, or your own self. Um, and I just think that there's so much in there to dissect, but really extract and extrapolate really to have some sort of strategy to move forward with. Um, you know, looking at what we do have to offer I think it's a pretty intuitive what we surface to people who have access to these different accounts, whether it's the actual artists or their management uh, or their digital marketing teams, to make it as easy as possible to have them have insight to then turn that into actionable marketing strategy, whether that be organic or paid. Okay, so that being said, uh, what are some of the different advertising options that are available on Facebook and Instagram right now? I you know. There's so many different ones. There's like the Facebook has timeline and sidebar ads and Instagram has carousel ads within their stories option and sponsored posts. And there's going to be video content. We share a little bit of ways that that we can uh, suggest that artists can spend their their money. And of course. maybe where it works at whatever stage their career is in. Yeah, absolutely. So within Facebook and across Instagram as well, there's many different placements is what we call them where your ad can be served. And that could be through feed, whether that be on mobile feed or desktop feed. You have instant articles. You have right-hand column. You have in-stream video. You have stories. You have marketplace. This is all specific to Facebook. Then when you take a step to Instagram, you have Instagram feed, you have Instagram stories. And so there's a lot of opportunity to be in front of your current fans as well as potential future customers, if you will. And I think many of them, and I don't think this is to any surprise, but are on mobile. So you want to be where they are. Right. And that format in mobile news feed or, or stories and Insta- or Instagram stories is going to be really critical um, if you're an artist or if you're a band or if you're an advertiser, period, and you have a message to get across, you definitely want to be in as many placements as possible to make sure you are where your customers or potential future customers are. So as far as like figuring out where you should be, I would love to have you talk a little bit about targeting ads to, to mystify that topic. Um, 
could you share some variables to consider when creating an ad to find your audience or your potential audience? Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and talk about like maybe how targeted ads uh, and, and a targeted ad campaign could help make more impact or and help dollars go farther. Yeah, I always encourage my advertisers or, or music partners really to begin with the end in mind. So think about who their core audience or customers are or they would like them to be. And what, is, what do they think they're made of in terms of where do they live? What do they like? What are they interested in? And just try and work backwards to figure out maybe they're interested in hip-hop genre. Maybe it's rap genre. Maybe they only live in very heavy demographic cities like uh, Chicago or L.A. or New York or Houston, wherever the case may be, right? So thinking about that uh, audience demo through that lens and then thinking about what makes a good ad. And I think that there's a lot of control that is put on the advertiser front to make sure that they have the best shot at success. So you want to have a good mix of creative, so both uh, still images but video, I think, being important. Your copy both within the video or even the text that you have on top of an ad is also important. And then targeting. And that, and let's step for a second. That's because a lot of people scroll through and don't have their volume automatically play. Right. So you want to be able to capture attention within the first couple seconds to allow for someone to really lean in and engage and listen to or explore further or whatever you're offering is. It. Or read it. Yeah. Right? The, and you, you think about attention spans these days. It's It's very much shorter than what it's been previously. So we want to make sure that you have the best shot possible. And I think that, uh, you know... If you are investing into the platform, you expect to get something out of it. And so being able to be tactful as well as strategic when it comes to making these decisions and, and investments is going to be really important to your overall success, both for a campaign basis and even at an ad level basis, depending on who you're going after. It's true, right, that photo-oriented ads and videos receive more impressions? Yeah, I would say that videos definitely become more of the prominent... Um, type of consumption that does happen across the platform and something that you see more and more advertisers within both the music space and even more broadly tend to leverage more and more now can we go left for a second sure i want to just ask you if you have an, a, an example of a great ad oh great ad. <laughs> well that's the hard part because a great ad to me might be a terrible ad to you because it's all you know subjective and going to be dependent on what you're interested in but I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head that got me got me to buy or take action. Um, we can also come back to it. You can sit on it yeah. for the rest of my I mean, conversation. I, I know I, like for me personally, not even specific to music, like I, I do a lot of sneaker hunting and, and research on different shoes. So any retailer or third-party partner that has like a pixel setup that allows for remarketing and then they surface the exact shoe that I just came from and like, hey, be sure to buy this now. It creates this sense for me of like urgency of like, I need to buy it before it gets sold out kind of thing. So that works on you. On me, it does. Yeah. It, it makes me feel like I'm being. <laughs> Not on my bank account. <laughs> okay. Though. My bank, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it gets exp it's an expensive hobby, I guess. <laughs> um, how about times of day and days themselves when advertisements are best received or most views, viewed or maybe have the most impact? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a question I get often, actually, like, when is the perfect time to post or when are my fans or potential customers online? And I guess if everybody follows the same instruction, then it would 
maybe be the worst time to post. Potentially. But... <laughs> Depends how you look at it. Half empty or half full, right? Opportunistic or a challenge. And for this particular case, um, it's actually going to be dependent on what your offering is or what your page or even Instagram profile is. And so we actually surface insights uh, both on Facebook as well as Instagram to give you an idea when are your fans online and when are they engaging? And it tells you on a timeline basis, uh, broken up in different hours as well as different days. So you can kind of get a feel and sense of when the people are online. Um, and so it's really going to vary, but we surface that to you should you decide to see it. It's within insights, both on Instagram insights as well as page insights. So it's really important if you're thinking about crafting a content strategy, definitely want to build it around when people are online as opposed to not online for your page or, or artist or band in particular, um, just to make sure that it gets in front of the most people as possible. Is it worth uh, kind of checking out an artist similar to either uh, your sound or your size and kind of seeing what they, the, what they're doing? Um, if, yeah, if you're I mean, new at it, does it help kind of to try to just assimilate along with what they're doing? Yeah, I think competitive uh, research is what I'll consider this. But yeah, <laughs> I don't think it hurts you to kind of see what others in the space, maybe people you look up to or aspire to be. Yeah. Uh, what they're doing in terms of content creation and the frequency of posting um, and what their message is. I, I think the important thing here is just to make sure that your voice doesn't get lost. Yeah. Because that artist is that artist for a reason. And if you're an artist and you have your own voice, I think it's best to leverage it. It doesn't hurt to kind of take and pick different things from others. But you definitely want to stay true to your own tone and your own voice. Uh, because that's a definitely an important thing that I, I know many people value on the platform, specific to Instagram and Facebook, is like authenticity. And sure. being genuine and authentic and, and raw and keeping it real in terms of content that doesn't feel overly promotional and feels like something that uh, a friend might have posted because it's very, it seems very personal and interconnected. Sure. And, and just to clarify, I was referring to campaign strategy and maybe time of day or frequency as opposed to content. Everybody, yeah. you should, everybody, you gotta, you gotta be yourself. Yeah. And to go back to your question around like best time to post or, or leverage ads, we give advertisers different controls and features to allow them to specify when they want their ads to be served or not be served. Uh, and then within reporting, you're able to get a breakdown of when these results are happening or not happening. And then you can kind of adjust and tweak um, accordingly to make sure that you're getting the most out of your investment. Interesting. I mean, there's so much data that's available. There's so many insights that are available. Um, I encourage users to and customers to take the time to read through them so that you can understand them yeah and i think more than anything it's is trying to take and piece together small things as opposed to taking it all in at once because it can be overwhelming because there's um a lot of insights that we do report back on within ads manager reporting interface but if you're listening to this and you've never even opened uh, or created an ad on facebook we have tools and resources available for free online um that i that i myself have taken to make sure that i'm staying up to date on all the products and resources that we do offer one of them being facebook blueprint so if you go to facebook.com blacks backslash blueprint it's the online e-module courses that facebook offers 
to educate and inform you on various products, be it from Facebook, Instagram, Messenger, etc. Perfect. I hope everybody got that. That's really huge. Yeah. Facebook. Facebook.com slash blueprint. Yeah. Thank you for repeating that. Would you be interested in suggesting like a 101 advertising strategy, like considering like a minimum spend targeting for Facebook or Instagram to kind of give our listeners an idea of what, like just more of a, a tangible idea of what we're talking about? Yeah. So when starting off advertising on Facebook and you don't know really where to go, or where to turn, I would advise to go a little bit uh, broader in order to kind of capture, like, for example, if you're an artist, upcoming developing artist, haven't really found who your niche group of like loyalists or fans are, but you kind of sound like a certain artist, but maybe also you have a blend of a different artist, then maybe potentially selecting either the genre or even those particular artists within our interest categories. So what we'll do is try to find people who have expressed an interest in interest A, interest B, etc. And you can replace those with an artist or a genre. Then what we'll do is serve and optimize the ad delivery for those um, particular people dependent on whatever your objective is. So what that means is that when you go into Facebook and set up an ad account and open up the uh, create flow to create an ad, you're going to have many different choices. So what we try to do is make it as easy as possible. But in, in sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming, especially if you've never seen it before. Sure. So you got to think of, uh, you know, to my earlier point of beginning with the end in mind. What do you care most about? Do you care about reaching as many people as possible? Do you care about people just knowing that you exist? Are you having an upcoming concert and you need to sell tickets? Uh, do you have an email list that you want people to sign up to so you can start pushing more music towards them or drive them to a website to sell something, merchandise, etc. It's really going to be dependent on the artist and kind of where they're at in their cycle. Yeah, what you what you're there to advertise. Right. So I would say definitely like an up and coming developing artist that maybe is only locally lo lo locally known uh, and not necessarily like well known and selling out Madison Square Garden or whatever the case may be. Uh, to start big and think big, to think that even with a few dollars. You know, you can get in front of people and that it, it's all self-serve. And I think with Facebook, it's definitely a test and iterate uh, and being able to understand how your advertisements are performing against a certain audience. And as you sort of progress as an advertiser, there's way more sophisticated features that we offer in the platform. But I think starting at the most simplistic level and thinking about what do I care most about? As an artist, what do I care most about at that given point in time? Mm -hmm. Is it for people just to know about me? Or is it people to buy tickets to a local showcase that I'm having next week? Mm -hmm. And you can do both. Or you can do one. It really just depends. But you can do that on, across Facebook and Instagram and our other uh, family of apps. And as you get to develop an audience and you're ready to kind of continue to build in different branches of that audience, you can say well i love photography or i love to cook and a lot of people say that they like to listen to my music when they cook or i remember the band low started making pillowcases for merch because people said that they used to like listening to their music to go to sleep so as you could start finding right. the people who like to cook and then you can kind of advertise into that realm as well and it can be more about lifestyle advertising at that point as well yeah totally and i think even with some of the features we we offer uh, within the platform so say you post a video of, of a 
artists cooking, right? And it, it goes viral and you have X amount of views. Well, then you're like, let me just test something. Maybe I print a t-shirt and put a, a food logo on it within the artist and it's sort of a parody mm-hmm. play. Well, because we know who watched the video, you can create a campaign and target specifically those people who watch the food video in this made up example, but it yeah. could be a or real example with the sleeping example. Um, there's a lot of leverage I feel and power that you're given with how people are interacting with your content, specifically engagement, custom audiences are what these uh, clusters, if you will, are called. And they happen across Facebook, Instagram. We can see who watched the video and if it's specific content that you're trying to promote and you're only wanting to target those people who express an interest because they watch all the video, we can do that. Yeah. You know who to go back to. Right. I mean, and that's how I know like most of the songs that I, whose lyrics I know, even though I don't like the song is because of repetition. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's very powerful because it allows you to really be precise as a yeah. marketer. Yeah. I think that's just amazing. How do you think artists can maximize their spends and understand when to focus on growing likes versus streams versus video views? So a lot, I know that a lot of artists are trying to get people to like their pages. Is that still the most important way to go compared to going viral with a yeah, video? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think I position Thank it more. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, what I encourage marketers and advertisers, artists, management to kind of think about this uh, particular question is more of like, what matters most to you? Is it having a million followers or is it having 100,000 followers who are really engaged? And I would very much recommend like quality over quantity. Yes. Uh, Reason being is that if you have a core bundle of loyalists and followers, um, they're going to help spread your music, whether you want them to or not, because that's what they're going to do. And so I would really like challenge and push to think through like what matters most to you? Is it getting more streams? Is it getting more followers or is it getting more people to know who you are? And maybe it's all three. Maybe it's two of the three. Maybe it's one of three. Maybe it's none of the three. Yeah. Maybe you're looking to do this project for six months and you've got a time limit on it. And so you're just looking to maximize what you can. Maybe you're in it for the long haul and you want to amass the the most fervent fan base. Right. And I know it's very much situational depending on where you're at as an artist in the life cycle of an artist. Mm -hmm. Um, When you're early on, you probably want some level of social validation, right? That you have different thresholds across different social platforms or maybe you just want to be the most viewed music video or whatever the case may be it just it really depends so it's more situational but i would always think through the lens and and ask the open-ended question of like well at the end of the day what are you trying to do or what matters most to you and does this actually align with that because if it does amazing if it doesn't we got some work to do you know i want to pause here for a second and say that that is just an excellent point and it there's two ways of looking at it, right? It's what matters most to you. That's something that when an artist is going to spend money on advertising, that's a great first question to ask. And what matters most to you now? Right. Basics. That's a great place to start. But those are hard questions because sometimes really you, might, you might not know. You don't even you don't know what you don't know. Right. And yeah. that's not your fault. No. Or their fault. It's um, all new technology. So. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think, too, as like the business has changed and evolved both at the industry level um, 
as well as Facebook and Instagram, times are much different than it was back in 2012 than they are, you know, present day in 2018. And they're going to continue to evolve and continue to change. And I mean, I think even looking at Instagram as a platform, the stories format didn't exist much too long ago. It's it's a creative outlet for both people as well as artists or businesses to express themselves there. Yeah, it's a different way to connect. To me, it's it's a lot. It has a lot more immediacy, and it's a lot more intimate. It's a sneak peek into the world, whereas almost just a, a sharing a photo or an image on on Instagram it almost seems like it's it's it has more legacy. <laughs> If that makes sense, it's going to be there until you delete it. But the stories are it's kind a lot of more like raw. sneak peeks. It's yeah. a lot more raw because your phone is now your camera. Yeah. And you can document content anywhere. In your journal. Yeah. It's your digital diary. Yeah. Are you going to copyright that? Or is no. that already? Okay. Someone probably Somebody already probably has. Somebody probably already has. <laughs> or they can take it. It's fine. So I want to shift our conversation over to social media with Facebook and Instagram and just talk more a little bit a little bit more about if you could categorize for our listeners what are the similarities and differences between these two what I consider very different platforms and I'm, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean I, I know how I describe Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, YouTube to artists that I speak to and how they all have their own place and they need to be used in different ways than just putting the same thing across every platform yeah but i would love to hear from an expert yeah it's a great question and i think for me it you know really boils down to it's it's where people spend a lot of their time and attention across both platforms i think that's a really big similarity that they they both have but it's also the allowance of being able to be creative and have these different tools and experiences whether it's through facebook live or Instagram Live, or an Instagram story, or you put a 360 video or 360 photo on Facebook. Uh, there's different ways and value adds that both platforms offer. And I think if you're an upcoming artist or a developed artist or upcoming aspiring artist or even a business, leveraging both is to your advantage because you want to make sure that you are where your people are. And I think um, a lot of what I've seen and observed is that a lot of the artists run their own Instagram, not necessarily management, whereas management tends to run most of their Facebook page presence. Yeah. Um, So it's really interesting because you get two different experiences, but it's the same artist because maybe on Facebook, the sort of voice or brand is a lot different for the same artist than it is on Instagram because it's them going live in the morning and showing where they're at or, you know, taking selfies or whatever the case may be. But I think both are uh, equally important to to really leverage and consider, um, particularly if you're, again, developing or developed artist or upcoming. I think to be in both is definitely to your advantage. Do you have an opinion on... I'm going to go left again for a quick second. Okay. Do you have an opinion on um, when the same images or the same information is shared in the same exact manner between the two platforms? Let's say I uh, 
take a photo at my Pilates class because I get points for when I post and I, sh- I share it on both platforms because I get more points. But if I'm an artist, do I want to share the same exact statement or do I want to tweak it for each platform? Yeah. Do I want to have a slightly different image for the one on Facebook or maybe? Yeah, it's a good question. At least on the advertising front, like having different captions across platform um i don't really see there to be any potential like unique added value so from an organic front from what i've seen and you know this spans a spectrum of some people who follow this and some people who go against it i don't really think that um you need to particularly tailor the message as long as the message is the message you're trying to get across if that Hmm. makes sense yeah um but it's also going to depend uh because for example what if on your Instagram, you have a million followers, and then on your Facebook, you have a thousand page like page fans. So you got to really kind of tailor it accordingly, I would say. But I don't really think that um, you would need to spend too much time worried about like I need a different caption because I posted the same thing on Instagram. I so that that's interesting to me because I I I would imagine like why do I need to follow both why do I need to follow this artist on both if I'm getting the same information on both and then it kind of clogs up my feed with more of the same instead of opening it up to yeah and again like most people again it'll be dependent on the artists but like you said earlier about advertisements it just depends on what you like and also it's like you want to be where your people are right so if they're very heavily engaged on instagram maybe you're going to be like very intentional and deliberate about what the copy is on instagram Mm -hmm. versus maybe this or vice versa for facebook so really i think just depends um but i think leveraging both to get your message out from an organic front as well as a paid front definitely to your advantage to be on both of them even if it is the same copy and same creative. I feel like we kind of we kind of reviewed why what Facebook and Instagram's unique roles are uh, for artist careers and for connecting with fans. But I want to make sure you don't have anything else to add to that before I ask you about building social media followings. Yeah. Well, I, my thoughts to that kind of interlay with that, which is particular for um, Instagram and Facebook, but particularly in Instagram in this example, like audience analytics tool is really powerful to really just help artists and bands understand who their fans are and i think can even help them inform strategic decisions like where an upcoming tour should be uh, playing in or what city they should avoid or vice versa uh, because they want to identify where their fans are who or ultimately the people that are buying tickets and filling venues or stadiums and buying merch merchandise yeah Signing up for newsletters, you know, being the people that are submitting for contests and whatnot. We did kind of talk about this, but why should building these social media followings matter to an artist or a band's career? I think it kind of helps and provide that, them with... I don't mean that in a confrontational yeah. way. I, I just want... No, I think... I, uh, want, I want our audience to understand. I think it gives them real-time feedback and a pulse of, like, where are they happening and maybe where they're not happening that they think they might be um and it's also directional and and insights that can be helpful again if they're planning a tour for an upcoming leg and the city that they were once popular in two years ago present day they're not people's appetite and changes for music all the time 
And so I think you're going to have some core people, which is expected, but then you're going to have the new fans that maybe were fans that maybe aren't fans. Yeah. Especially, and that's okay. That happens. Yeah. Especially because we, we are, you know, are, we're growing, we're aging. So we grow out of things and our interests change at some point too. Yeah. But I think, you know, that's why it matters because it gives you real time insight and feedback that can really inform of like, if we want a, our best shot at having a successful sellout tour. Yeah. We're going to go where our fans are and our people are. Mm-hmm. And that's a good like bet to make. Yeah. Because you have data behind it to back up that decision. Yeah. There are companies out there that sell likes and they sell access to followers. Um, could you share suggestions on how to grow followers organically or likes organically? Yeah, I mean, I think it comes back to you know, I, I don't, I don't think that those like we were talking about earlier, the authenticity, it doesn't, it doesn't last. It, but yeah, it's it's quality over quantity with regards to this question in terms of both content and followers. And I think you know some of the easy or or recommended ways I'd say to strengthen your audience is really to create high quality on brand content that people want to see in their Instagram feed. If people are posting things that they don't want to see, they're not going to engage with it. Yeah, they might even provide feedback that they don't like that content or maybe they find it, you know, not as well uh, engaged as they planned to be or expected it to be. Um, And I think creating that strong content, as I mentioned, would increase the likelihood of uh, that particular content to be found by non followers. So that would be like the new fans. right? Right. If people love your content, they're engaging with it, commenting it, showing love and liking it. Like that's going to help sharing it, sharing it. Like it's going to show that it's a signal. Maybe you keep posting behind the scenes content. People really like that. Or maybe it falls flat and people don't really care. Right. It just depends. But that's the learn and iterate um, component that I mentioned. And I think is important when you're thinking about how can you kind of level up your current fan base and grow it. Um, I don't think it's difficult I just think it takes a lot of time, effort, and consistency. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just knowing what's happening in real time is is really helpful as opposed to when you, you know, would take an ad out in a magazine for your new album. <laughs> yeah, those are, <laughs> and those wait are the for, days. Yeah, and wait for it to show up in the record store. Yeah, and that, again, back to real-time feedback. Like yeah. People not, tend it, to express themselves pretty openly uh, across various channels, so Instagram <laughs> being one of them, you'll the get least. your thoughts. Justin, I want to ask you about some of the best artist uses for Facebook Live. Yeah, I think Facebook Live is a great medium to really be yourself and raw and authentic um, from your mobile device. You can basically basically become a reporter on scene with your phone. And really show and broadcast to the world or your fan page what you're up to in that specific moment. So for some artists that I've seen, it could be going live while getting a tattoo to celebrate the release of a new single. Or (laughs) No, this is true. Or for another artist that I've seen, I remember uh, going live about an exciting announcement about the latest venture that they just got into. And another one was just to like go live to hang out with fans. Yeah. celebrate the release of their music so it's really a one-to-many approach in terms of medium but it feels very personal um, because you can even go live with yeah. meaning that i could bring someone into the live experience 
even though they might not be there with me physically, that experience makes it feel very connected and it's very raw. It's very authentic. And again, like it could be everyday life moments that translate into something bigger. But for that, you're just capturing the moment and the content. Um, some people do it on their phones. Others do it with the, you know, API connection. So very much like higher quality resolution and whatnot, but it gives you a lot of flexibility to go either way. Yeah. I've seen those for a lot of Q and A's. Right. Yeah. Q and A's are another big one, maybe like a behind the scenes or behind the album, giving you insight and perspective into why a certain artist sang a certain song or what went into that song or whatever the case may be for those sorts of unique cases for Q and A's. Yeah. I've even seen a Facebook dot live done of a, of a Reddit ask me anything really yeah so it's like it's there it's happening in on the internet and it's also happening on the screen i've even seen some artists go live to live stream them playing like video games that's yeah a, that's a more recent like trend but that's something that i've definitely seen because well. they want to make that money that all those video professional <laughs> video game players are, oh man my eight-year-old self wanted to do that <laughs> but uh I didn't do that, so I'm okay. <laughs> How about posts that disappear, like Facebook stories and Instagram stories? Yeah, I mean, I think leveraging these types of content are, are also important and can really help generate buzz if you're an artist. So maybe you have an upcoming tour and you want to announce it within Instagram stories or even potentially even do an Instagram live. Uh, then you can even redirect folks or your fans to go elsewhere. So maybe you're promoting a, a post or maybe you're doing a pop-up show or a secret show. I've seen this done um, with different artists and it's it's really great to have this sense of exclusivity that because that you follow a certain artist or band on Facebook, maybe you saw when they went live and you joined and then you got to hear first from them that they're dropping a new album or coming to your city that experience I think is very important um, and makes I think Instagram like very special to, to leverage in addition to like the Facebook live experience. It'd be a super vulnerable place, but for artists to kind of invite in uh, their audience in while they're working on a song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, they can repurpose that for whatever experience that they want to kind of deliver in the moment, whether it's a behind the scenes song or in the studio or, stuck in traffic or whatever it may be like there's been definitely others that hands are, free hands free yeah <laughs> uh well maybe they're stuck in traffic in the passenger seat yes that's when they'll use it but yeah i mean i think leveraging that format is definitely one that i've seen across the board what about that um what about like branding in your social media posts and the consistency of filters colors fonts um fonts obviously not that would be used on graphics that are created. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone wants to have like, just to uh, create, have the, a look, the perfect Instagram esque feed, right. With the best filter and the, the best lyrics or caption to go under the video or, or photo you just posted. Um, but I think more than anything, the importance here is really like individuality and thinking about what makes you, you, if you're an artist and you're really speaking to a diverse crowd, how can you appeal to them while maintaining your brand? So if you're a hip hop act or a country act, you're going to know how you speak to your fans because that's how you've been talking to them all along, right? Whether it be on Facebook, through other social channels, in concert, you know, documentary behind the scenes. I think it's just really important to reiterate that level of authenticity and maybe even vulnerability of a special announcement or consistent to where I'm posting new music every Friday 
So every Friday, I'm going to go back to that artist page and go check out their new music. Mm -hmm. Because you want to make sure you're consistent in terms of having the genuine and authentic content that is engaging and follows very much who you are as a person, but more importantly, as a brand. Because that, in my mind, is what artists are, brands. Yeah. They represent themselves, but it's much more cascades into different things. It's not just music. It's also merchandise and public appearances and many other things that when people think of those people, they want to have something attached to that. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lifestyle connection. Yeah. What about the colors or filters or anything like that? Do you think that it's really important to keep them similar throughout your feed, especially for something like Instagram, so that the, the feed has a, a look or do you think it's kind of like, I mean, I guess you kind of answered this where you said it's what you're in the mood for. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some people who only post like black and white photo and that's cool. But then I've also seen people who only post like a, a very different like nighttime filter photo consistently. That's cool. My dog filter, my dog's filter is Sienna. And that's cool. Yeah. Right. So it really just depends. But I think having a level of consistency doesn't mean that every photo needs to be black and white or every photo needs to have this filter. Uh, it really just depends in the moment of what it is you're trying to convey and project. And I think it's going to just be important to do that for like the feed, but then also like the behind the scenes stuff when you're leveraging like Instagram stories or, or Facebook live is really cool because then you're, you're really in the moment and uh, more times than not, there's not going to be like filters for that type of content right right how much is too much social media are you in terms of just like boundaries or types of well well how much is too much for like the quantity and then what are some good boundaries to keep in mind yeah so that they don't that the these accounts don't go sideways where yeah it's a great question i mean i mean i think of this word i i I, this is i don't think you're gonna like this word but i think of like you don't want it to get sloppy yeah. You want it to also have consistency and, you know, but not like overload. So. Yeah. I mean, I think a handful of posted, there's not a specific like silver bullet number that by posting five posts a day, you're going to be at the top of everyone's feed. That's, there's no number specific to content produce that's going to translate. Can you that. say that again? Yeah, I want you to, there, there is no silver, cause there's no silver yeah, there's bullet no silver in the bullet. music industry at all. No, but. or even for anyone leveraging Instagram, like there's not a optimal if you will amount of posts that you should or shouldn't be doing per day i mean i think it's all going to come down to what type of content you're trying to push out and what type of uh, branding and consistency and image that you have for a given artist or band i mean i think how they can over index on going too much you don't necessarily need to document everything on instagram feed for example which i, I think i've seen many artists kind of pivot into leveraging stories since because since the fact is that that stories format does disappear after 24 hours so they can push a ton of content there but it doesn't stay forever right so it's not so it's a balance yeah right? maybe they post a couple times on instagram feed but then a hundred times every day on instagram stories but that's because they're going through their day-to-day and then right like a lot of what they share maybe isn't the in the studio high production expensive cameras etc to get that one shot you know it's literally done from their phone i think that's a great tip yeah so leveraging i think having a mix of both is what i consider like healthy um but then i think from going too much like what's important is to realize that instagram and facebook have guidelines 
And you want to follow those guidelines to make sure that um, you stay in line and don't get disabled or removed from the platform. And so, you know, some tips that I'd recommend would be just share only videos and photos that you've taken or have the right to share. Uh, post photos and videos that are appropriate for a diverse audience and foster meaningful and, genu- and genuine interactions. And most importantly, follow the law. Right. You know, it's, it's a simple, <laughs> simple tip, but like do things that are within the law. Yes. Because <laughs> in short, really, it's uh, we want to we want Instagram to be an authentic and safe place for inspiration and expression. And we only do this if our users kind of abide by that and follow that sort of yeah. Um, recommendation. Yeah, that's important. So I want to go back to advertising for a minute. Um, are there uh, any best practices you can, you can talk about for follow-up after an ad campaign has run? And maybe some unique ways to connect with new fans? Yeah. So after a campaign is ran, what I'd recommend even before getting to the end of a campaign would be to keep your eye on results as they come in in real time because you're able to see that with an ads manager, which is the interface that anything that has any promotional um, advertising dollars behind it will appear. And this is something all connected through the interface. And it's something that once you set up an ad account, get started advertising across Facebook, Instagram, you'll see the results there. And that's all tied uniquely to whatever ad account that you have that you're running paid media out of. So getting a sense and pulse of how something is performing based on your objective. And again, the objective is going to be dependent on what you care most about, right? Right. So if it's getting in front of as many unique people as possible, if it's getting people to purchase tickets or merchandise or getting people to watch a new video, that's going to all be there. The corresponding metric will be there as well, as long with, along with many other metrics. But it's always going to tie back to trying to measure what you care most about with the metric that is in line with what you care most about. Yeah. And I think the important thing here is just to understand that you want to have enough data to have had ran and understand performance that maybe for one campaign that you run trying to get video views and it doesn't perform as well as you'd like it could mean that maybe you didn't get as many video views that you got or expected but doesn't mean that instagram or facebook don't work it could be for that particular campaign it didn't work for the audience you went after maybe your creative wasn't compelling enough so i think that's the recommendation i'd leave people with is the fact that it can take time to strike gold if you will uh, it's not going to happen off the bat immediately. It may, but it may not. And it's also a learning ground for the iteration and testing of the platforms that we offer. Um, but more times than not, again, from what I've seen from people barely getting started on the platform, it's it's starting small and then testing and iterating and, and learning what works for them and maybe what doesn't work so well. So then you have a strategy in place to then push yourself further along. Which is trial and error and understanding your data. Yeah, and there's yeah. there's a lot of it. But again, it's just understanding what matters most to you. How does that translate back to what you're seeing based on performance? And then what can you do next? And what can you do now based on what you learned? You can pretty much do 
almost anything on Facebook and Instagram at this point. <laughs> can do a lot, yeah. <laughs> can do a lot. Whether it's uh, awareness, consideration, purchase, remarketing, there's a lot that you can do. Uh, and again, it can be overwhelming, but we have online resources specific that I mentioned earlier, Facebook Blueprint. So facebook.com slash blueprint. It's an online portal with a ton of e-modules that'll teach you everything you want or need to know about Facebook, Instagram, and our many other fa uh, family of apps that we have. Justin Johnson, thank you so much for talking with us today. This has been so informative for me. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. This was fun, and I hope whoever's out there uh, takes one thing or something away from this and... Um, Really appreciate you taking the time to, to listen yeah. to this. I should say this has been really informative for me, but I I also know it's going to be very informative for everyone who's listening. So I'm going to share that wealth. Yeah, and I'm active on social, so I always post stuff regarding Facebook, Instagram, the music industry, across my LinkedIn, Instagram, etc. So uh, if this wasn't enough for you, come and look at what I'm posting because I'm sharing a ton of educational content um, more times than not. Do you want to share your handles? Yeah, uh, my Instagram is at jjohnsontx, and then my LinkedIn is Justin Johnson. But there's probably a ton of people named that. No, there's nobody else <laughs> named Justin Johnson. Just look for the guy named Justin Johnson who works with, for Facebook and has Facebook music in his uh, biography. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thank you so much for joining us for TuneCore's Music Made Me podcast. I'm Amy Lombardi, and we will see you next time from Austin. Thanks for listening to Music Made Me, the TuneCore podcast. The opinions expressed in this episode are those of the individuals talking and don't necessarily reflect the opinions of TuneCore. Check out TuneCore.com to help you distribute your music, register your original songs worldwide, and more. Connect with us on all social channels at TuneCore. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. 